Welcome to Sparkademics, episode 5, Sounds and Ideas. Hello and welcome to Sparkademics, an interview feature where we catch up with some of the University of Sunderland's very own experts, researchers and academics. Today I'm with Andy Cartwright, Department of Faculty of Creative Industries. So, Andy, what work are you undergoing currently at the university? Well, at the moment, I'm teaching the MA group, um, the MA in Radio, Audio and Podcasting group. I'm teaching um, feature and podcast production with them at the moment. Um, and also doing radio drama this term as well, or this semester, um, with the third year's um, audio drama, um, and which they should be producing for the uh, beginning of January. And how are you enjoying that at the moment? Well, it's good. It's great fun. It's always great to be with these new talents. It's fantastic seeing them develop and seeing them change and get excited by ideas, which is, which is what it's all about, really. Talking about ideas, how do you inspire yourself to think of ideas for shows or for um, different documentaries that you you create? Yeah, because I'm only here part time. The rest of the time, I run my own production company. So yes, I'm always trying to come up with ideas um, all the time, and um, it can be difficult. But sometimes it's something you hear something or hear something in the street or something like that, or somebody says something, you think, oh, that's really interesting. Or it might be listening or watching something or just generally chatting and suddenly an idea pops into your head and you think oh, that'd be an interesting idea i don't think there's any substance to it at all but you can write it down or sort of keep it at the back of your mind and then think oh yeah i'll explore that in a bit more detail later so you mentioned a commissioning company there so how long have you been running that for well that's it'd be 30 years next year um so and that's when i left the bbc about 30 years ago and uh, then i sort of set up my own production company and it was luckily very fortuitous for me because it happened exactly the time when the bbc was saying we're going to get independent producers coming in to make programs for us um, and so in that first year that I had my company, I sold a couple of ideas to BBC Radio 3. Um, and actually, and actually, in a sense, because they were quite big commissions, big, long programmes, um, and they were gradually building up the amount of independent commissioning they were doing. Um, my company um, was responsible for 10% of the output of Radio 3, independent output of Radio 3 in that year. And what was your most preferred style of show to create and to produce yourself on BBC but it's very interesting. I mean, I suppose it's a bit of a dilemma, really, because, you know, the, the one that you are most excited about is the one you're making at the moment. But then that can get really, really you bogged down. It's not going quite how you want it. So it becomes the least favourite. But then it becomes the favourite again. So it's, it, there are ups and downs. I mean, everything to do with production is to do with ups and downs. So you'll find that as well. And any student will find that, you know, mm. that when these deadlines come, you get a bit more pressurised and then, then something happens, some spark of... If something happens, you make an interesting connection between, say, two voices or something like that. And you think, oh, yeah, yeah, that's really why I want to do this. And you mm. get inspired again. So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's full of ups and downs. But I think, you know, um, in terms of um, programmes, I mean, I like to be sort of, I used to be much more experimental, but there's less slots available for that now on, on the BBC. But, um, you know, I've, I've, you know, I, I really like to play around with sound, really, and what sound can do and sound mixing and, and composing with sound, composing with words and music and sound effects and actuality. So let's bring it back right down to the core. So why radio? Right, well, it's interesting because I was in my um, second year at university, I think, um, and um, uh, my mum actually was working in a careers department or something like that. And she, she found this leaflet that said about BBC studio managers and, um, and, it, and it looked like you might be interested in it. And I, I read through it and I, and I read it in more detail and I thought, yep, this is exactly what I want to do. And I was desperate to, to work in radio. So in my second year, I think, I know it's probably the beginning of my third year, I applied to become a BBC studio manager. Got an interview and went to the preliminary interview um, and I got through that round, which was great. And then I was invited to a, um, another interview in Broadcasting House in London 
um, and then I had to have a hearing test and everything. It was a, and I had to do a, you know, a big sort of test of knowledge and stuff like that. And um, and then um, and then I got through that one as well. And that was that was really great. And so and then they said, well, do you want, when do you want to start? And, I, and there were three starting dates, August, just after I graduated, October or February. And I said, well, I start in October. Can I summer holiday start in October? And then in just before October, they said, we're not starting that course. So um, what do you want to do? Do you want to move on to a different course or, or you know, things like that? Or is it going to be starting next year because of budget cutbacks? Mm. So I thought, all oh, right, it's really annoying. So um, in the end, um, I did start in February the following year, but I didn't start in the job I applied for because I had to. Um, the, only, the job that I reapplied for was to be an audio assistant, which is the same as being a studio manager in radio, which is mixing programs, editing programs, um, and setting up microphones, setting up studios, that sort of stuff. But this time I had to work in radio and in television too, um, because I was working in the BBC regions at BBC in Pebble Mill, which is the old Birmingham studios that used to be there. So I worked there for about three years, um, but I specialised in radio, and I started specialising in radio drama too, and I worked for two and a half years on The Archers out of those three years. Mm-hmm. Um, and so and under another radio drama plays and other documentaries, um, and then I was invited to go to London to teach the job. So I started teaching after doing three years of doing the job um, at the BBC Radio Training Unit in London. So I worked there for um, about a year or so, and then I went to another job at the BBC in London, and then I came back to the training unit for another year, and then I moved into local radio. So you're a trustee for the, the Charles Parker Trust. Mm-hmm. Um, so why did you want to get involved in this? Well, I've been doing, um, I've been doing the Charles Parker Prize. The Charles Parker Prize started in about 2005, um, and it was started, f- and then it sort of, then it was a research grant and then it sort of ran out of money and there was no Charles Parker Prize competition in 2009. So I was asked to take o- take it over, running the, the Charles Parker Day, which is the conference about features and about the radio producer Charles Parker and about Radio Future's past, present and future. And I said, we must get the, the prize started again. And at that point, instead of having a single prize, we then had a gold, silver and bronze. And then it took me about another three years to get Radio 4 Extra interested in taking the programme made of these three winning features so it went out on Radio 4 Extra and all that time I was desperately campaigning to get it onto Radio 4 to get a winner at least a winner on Radio 4 Um, and a great opportunity came about when it became the centenary of Charles Parker um, his birth in 2019 and Radio 4 said yes we'll take the winners of this competition but we don't take three we'll take five which is fantastic. And, and so since then, it's sort of gone on to strengths. And, and my communications from the BBC management team and the commissioning team is they love this series because it's giving them new ideas, new presenters and new, new ways of looking at things as mm. well, I think. And I think that's very important for them. And so for me, in my, my life, really, it's important that you know, we are encouraging new people, encouraging new people to look back at the past, at what was done in the past and what creative and how technology has moved creativity forward and how people had new ideas about how to tell stories um, and to see, well, what is the relevance of that today? How can we tell stories mm. today? For example, if you think about the old Charles Parker radio ballads, which but people probably don't know about, but they used folk music to help tell the story. Mm. And folk was really big in the 60s. It was a big part of the folk revival. So if you're saying, well, what sort of music tells stories nowadays? And why aren't we using that to help tell us radio feature stories? And you think, well, well actually, rap and spoken word are things that can really move stories forward and tell stories. Mm. And so perhaps introducing rap alongside original interviews might be what Charles Parker would be doing these days. So is that the advice you would give to to this sort of generation of audio creators in terms of getting their stuff um, to these sort of Charles Parker events um, 
in order to try and progress and get your name out there, essentially. Yeah, I think so. But I think, you know, but the core about anything to do with radio or anything to do with well, most media, but particularly radio, where words are very, very important, is you have to have a story. Mm. You know, it's no use saying, oh, this happened to me you know, the other day and it not being interesting. No, it's that different. It, what it needs to be, it needs to be the story that you always tell your friends in the pub. You know, that's the sort of that they're going to hang on every word. You've got to really engage with them. So I think the skills of new producers are finding brilliant stories. You know, really human interest stories or stories that are engaged with, you know, with people's emotions and people's ideas about what life's all about. Really. Mm-hmm. And quickly before I get onto the last section, which I've not actually told you about. All right. um, <laughs> So what what is the is the, is the main research you're undertaking at the minute? Would that be in terms of finding new shows to commission, um, working with young creators, trying to get their name, um, their work out there within the the radio industry? Yes, it is. It's always it's always finding new new ideas. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm particularly interested in, in sort of ideas about how radio has been taught. And one of the things that I have done in the past is in the Charles Parker days, I've I've done talks about editing techniques and things like that that have been used in the past and what they can mean for today's people. But my so my research interests are really in that and about experimental radio. So the last section we've got is the five fire questions. Right. One, two, ready, go. So I've got five questions. You've got five seconds to answer them. Um, so question one. What is your favourite radio documentary? Um, I think it must be um, um, The Ballad of John Axon, I think. Right, okay. Well, yeah, because it changed the format of what radio was. Yeah. Milk before cereal or cereal before milk? Um, cereal before milk. BBC Radio 3 or BBC Radio 4? Oh, it's a bit of a toss-up, that one, really. I think um, four during the daytime, perhaps three more so at night. I'm okay. Saturday, Saturday, Sunday night. Socks and sliders, yes or no? Oh, oh no, certainly not. And lastly, radio feature or podcast? As long as radio feature sensibilities are in podcasts, that's what I'm happy about. Thank you for listening. Join us next time where we will be bringing you yet another Sparkademic. Thank you for listening to Sparkademics. This series is produced by Mariam Al-Mahamid and Endurance Edu. Music by Sean Boyle. This episode is presented by Daniel Russell. And a special thanks to our guest, Andy Cartwright. For more episodes of Sparkademics, visit our website sparksunderland.com forward slash podcast.